Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. When Yates plays stuff, there's always a reason. I cannot identify the song. I, I do not understand the reason. I don't Keyshawn, know if that was Yates on the board. I think James I grabbed the board say, for who, a second. That's why I said who hijacked. Changed the music, and then Yates came back. I, I'm, I'm seeing what happened here. Mm. James had to make the open because yeah. it was breaking news. See? Yeah. I see. And Everybody what, else was previously busy, and he picked you know music down his alley. So. What is it? I thought it fit okay. I don't know what you guys. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm just curious. Usually, Foo Fighters. And what's the song called? Band. What's the song called? I don't know. I have no. Oh, idea. I thought maybe there was a reason because <laughs> of the breaking know news. What the song is called, and you play the song as an intro. I. As long as they go. <laughs> you know what it's called, Jay? It's called I'm Good Now, Not Hearing That One Again. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80, your smart speakers. Um, download the podcast, all that stuff. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, so there's big breaking news, in my view, today. Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, was just on with us, reacting to and explaining. The Broncos hire of Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, about whom Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he was effusive in his praise on the Pat McAfee show. By the way, I kept saying Tuesday, there were quotes from Aaron Rodgers talking about how overdue it is for him to get a head coaching job. And I was making it sound like almost Aaron Rodgers had knowledge this last Tuesday that the hire had been made. But it was actually from two Tuesdays ago that he was talking, so I guess it was speculative about where Hackett could wind up. Here's Adam Schefter just now on this show on why Rodgers isn't the reason the Packers hired Hackett. The Broncos picked the coach that they believed would be the best fit for their organization, that would be the best move to change their culture. The fact that he knew Aaron Rodgers, that's a, that's a cherry on top. Don't get me wrong. It's not, oh boy, it's not nothing key. But I, I don't believe that's why they went after him, for all the conspiracy theorists, right? Oh, we're going to go hire, pack it, and then go get Rodgers. Like, look, they may be thinking that. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they wanted Rodgers last year. But I don't think that's why they hired Hackett. No, I don't think they hired Hackett because of that. I think Hackett is a good football coach. Aaron Rodgers spoke highly about that on Tuesday, about what he was able to do in Jacksonville, getting them one quarter from potentially going into the Super Bowl. But I, but much like Adam said, yeah, it's a cherry on top. Is it? Is it something that when they went into the thought process of hiring him, they said to themselves, "Hey, if we hire Nathaniel Hackett, this may give us an inside track if Aaron Rodgers makes a decision and wants to leave Green Bay and look for another team. It may help us in the end, but no guarantees." You And when you play a big boy stuff, Jay, like this, mm-hmm. this is big boy stuff, right? This corporation, big boy, mm-hmm. multi-billion dollars. They're not making small Jay Will, Keyshawn Johnson decisions. 
They're making big boy decisions. They're well thought out. They're not going to just do something for the sake of doing it and not knowing what the end results are going to be. I, I hear what Shefty says, and I'm not discrediting at all that Hackett, you know, couldn't be great for the job. But let, let's be honest and think, you know, pre-existing relationships matter. It's um, when you bring somebody over to be an executive of a job and they have familiarity with people who have been, let's say there's an executive who's, you know, running a ship and he has great familiarity with the CMO, chief marketing, marketing officer. And you know that you can pick people that can help you build the next company, the next franchise. There is something to be said, Max and key about pre-existing relationships and how those relationships factor into decision-making in the future. Yeah, there's been, we've been linking, you know, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, does one decision affect the other? And this decision now, and when we're wondering about what's happening with the Giants, right? Is Dable coming because they have Shane and they work together? In this case, though, guys, not only is there that element, just process of elimination. Where is Aaron Rodgers possibly heading? We, if we rule out the NFC, and I still hold out hopes for San Francisco, I just think it would be interesting. But rule out the NFC, by and large. How many, how many landing spots realistically are there for Aaron Rodgers with a team that can give stuff up where he might have a desire to go and play? Three? Four? So now one of those three or four, which was considered the lead candidate as recently as this last offseason, just hired his OC, who he loves? Ah, like, you know, like I, sometimes maybe we overthink it. Seems to me like he's heading to Denver, but, you know, time will tell. Meantime, what's going on with the New York football giants. I just made a reference to it. Key, there is this sense, I think, that because they have Joe Shane, that Dable could be on the way as head coach, and he has been reported to be the lead candidate, right? But I I wonder, I I love the fact, like, nowadays you get a hotshot offensive coordinator, as you say, Key, that's that's the craze right now, and for many teams, it's working out very well. But I, but it, conventional wisdom says that guy has to be able to command a room, right? Rodgers was specific, pointing that out about Hackett, the way he stands in front of the room. Do, as a Giants fan, if they hire Dable, do I need to be worried about that because he hasn't done that before? No, I don't think you need to be worried about it because he's an offensive coordinator who commands a room. Successful offensive coordinators speak to the team, and the team responds. You just look at his offense and how how it has evolved over the last three to four years, and you know that he's doing something right in the room, and that's important. When you are fired up talking to the room and they're sitting in their seats and they're paying attention and they're taking notes and they take you serious, opposed to a guy who's an install guy. An install guy, all he's doing is installing the offense in front of the room. But we all know he ain't calling a damn play. It's different. So, the, so Jay, it sounds to be like he, it, it, the, the, the kind of conventional wisdom then, at least as I've received it, is incorrect about it, it's really more about whether you've called plays. You've mentioned that before about exporting offenses and when it works, when it doesn't work. 
but I've always been led to believe, and it sounded right to me, that just because you're a, a coordinator, including a defensive coordinator, doesn't mean that you can be a head coach. You've got to have that, that extra kind of dimension to your personality. You're saying that's not right? It's really, at least if it's an OC, about calling plays? If, if it's an offensive coordinator who gets a head coaching job, typically they're calling the plays, not the just having the title, Jay. And mm. so what I mean by that is just take a look across the league. I'll just three or four people really quick. I was with Sean Payton in Dallas. He called the plays. He did the install. Mm. Mm. So I understand that. Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator in Arizona when he went to the Super Bowl. He called the plays, not Ken Wisenhunt. Sean McVay called the plays in Washington. Look at the Rams. Matt LaFleur called the plays. Zach Taylor called the plays. Mm. Brian Dable has called the plays in Buffalo. So when you start to look at it, and then from a defensive standpoint, when they are calling the defense, they have to hire the right offensive coordinators to be successful. Mm. You can't hire a bad coordinator and be successful. Sean Payton can run through coordinators on defense in New Orleans because his defenses are always in the middle of the pack, nothing super great. They created turnovers. But he was calling the plays on the offense, so they made up the difference, Jay. See, I, I'm, I'm with all that. And uh, I, I think, Key, you're hitting the, the nail right on the head about, you know, offensive play callers. I, I think the on-the-field scheme is extremely important, but it's also, Max, very important with how you command that presence, right? And do you have the attention of the individuals in the locker room that they believe in you? It was one of the things that we questioned about Matt Nagy that you started to hear some inferences from people where it's like, oh, we're not really sure, and players start to speak out about it. And I think that's a question that I find myself wondering about Brian Dable. Oh, okay, he can he's the guy that can call the plays, but can he command the presence within the locker room? Oh, Jay, it's almost as though we work together. Listen to this one. Dan Graziano wrote this for ESPN.com in August, okay? Along the lines of what you were saying. This is from Dan Graziano this August. An example of how the coaches are delivering the message to the Bills. Offensive coordinator Brian Dable, in a meeting early in camp, asked every offensive player and coach to stand up. If you're a coach and you've ever been fired, sit down, Dable said. Every coach in the room sat down. Okay, Dable continued, if you're a player and you've ever been cut or traded, sit down. Large group of players sat down. If you weren't picked in the first round, sit down, Dable said. And suddenly the only person in the room still standing was Josh Allen. Only other first-rounder on Buffalo's offense is the backup quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, who sat down with a cut-or-traded group, even though he technically wasn't cut-or-traded by the Bears, just not re-signed, but you get it. Josh Dable said, How many scholarship offers did you get out of high school? None, Allen replied. All right, Dable said, let's all remember where we came from. Now, to me, I'm impressed by that, but you guys have been in locker rooms at the highest level. Am I just like a fan going all googly-eyed about or or is that impressive to you guys i'll start with you because you brought it up i love that i mean to me frankly there's something about one of the biggest challenges that i saw in college that we had at a place like duke is we had so many mcdonald's all americans it was very similar to how it would be uh being a pro right coming with a lot of you come to a younger team you have a lot of first you know first second third fourth fifth first round picks right lottery picks on the same team how you break down egos and how you get them to buy into one collective ego, 
that's an arduous task. But everybody's been the guy. So I think reminding people of what our team goal is by keeping everybody humble, especially, you know, sometimes when you play, you know, the, the lights get brighter. There starts becoming more attention about, hey, is this going to be the year that you're going to upset Kansas City? There's no longer your little brother, Josh Allen, finishing second in MVP voting. All of a sudden, you're talking about their offense more than ever. Coaches are receiving credit. But when you're able to build a bridge and get everybody on the same damn plane and remind them of that, that's leadership to me. Well, um, I, I believe that he is a leader simply because he's an offensive coordinator who has to command the room. He has to speak to these guys. And I gave some examples. Now I'll go on the field example to hopefully ease you and Jay's nerves. Did you see Mitch Trubisky his first year? Wasn't very good. It's okay, playoff team. You know, up in Chicago, second time around. Like, eh. mm. He got worse, didn't get better. Did you see Josh Allen on the field every in Buffalo? Year. Got better every single year yeah. to the point they should be in the AFC championship game. It wasn't Brian Dable that it wasn't his off. It wasn't that wasn't the reason they lost. So when you take that mentality and that coaching to Daniel Jones and the Giants, you're going to get the same thing. Oh, I love it. You're going to get the same thing. It's Santa Key. He's Santa Claus right now bringing us presents, Jay, with that kind of stuff. It's getting me excited. (laughs) And it's championship weekend in the NFL, so let's get to the games. Checks with McPherson. Snap, spot, kick is up. We shared the field with these dudes not long yes. ago, and we beat them. There has to be some value in that. You now believe in the Bengals the way the Bengals believe in the Bengals. Both of these teams went out and did absolutely everything they had to do to win, and the Cincinnati Bengals were better. But it wasn't the AFC Championship. Yep. It wasn't that arrowhead, and everything was not on the line that day. It is this game. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are joined now by Joe Fortenbaugh, as we are every Thursday. What's up, Joe? Max, gentlemen, how you guys doing this morning? Good, good Joe. Oh, lots we'll of see how I did on my bets, though. Let's, lots of stuff going on. Let's jump right into the games, Joe. Cincinnati at Kansas City. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. They're coming off a win a couple weeks back, a bunch of weeks back at this point, against Kansas City at Cincinnati. Burrow brought him back. Kansas City, seven-point favorites, 54-and-a-half over-under, Joe. All right, so Saturday, after the Bengals squeaked by Tennessee, we got some look-ahead lines as to what the potential AFC championship matchups could be. Whether or not since he was at Buffalo, there was a line for that. Whether or not since he was at Kansas City, there was a line for that. The Kansas City game was Chiefs minus six, minus six and a half. And then the Chiefs went out and did what was pretty much the most plausible of all possible outcomes— win a close game against Buffalo, right? We weren't really expecting a Chiefs blowout or a Bills blowout. We could have seen the Bills winning closely, but we saw a close Chiefs win, which is not all that unexpected. And then this line comes out as high as minus seven and a half. And seven is a very key number in sports betting because of how many games end on a deferential of seven. Think 28, 21, 
24-17, things like that. So you want to be on the right side of that. If you're going to be betting the dog, you'd want 7.5, or the favorite, you'd want 6.5. So to see this go as high as 7.5 has me looking at the Bengals in this situation. Kansas City's defense has struggled down the stretch. I know they were good for a moment there, but they gave up 26 points per game over their last six, and three of those games came against Denver and two against Pittsburgh. Offenses you wouldn't get all that excited about. Total for this game opened 53 and a half and got bumped up to 54 and a half. Not a surprise considering, I believe, Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium in the playoffs is 6-2 and two to the over, and we saw that again last week against the Bills. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals going into Arrowhead Stadium, the noise shouldn't be a factor given the fact that Joe Burrows played in hostile environments in the SEC Conference, so he knows what to expect out of Arrowhead. Take it to the field. If Kansas City is to win this football game, Spags has to shore up the secondary mm-hmm. and not put these young men in position that they can't handle. When you think about the Kansas City Chiefs, when the defense got better, cover two was their mainstay. Not cover three, not man-to-man. They struggled in that against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Nixon, along with the rest of the cast of characters on the offensive side. With all that being said, they got a bad man at quarterback Kansas City. They got a fire receiver in Hill. So they've got some things on their side against Cincinnati. If I'm looking at this game and 54-5 is the max and over, I'm going with the over Kansas City wins this game. Atta boy. Yeah, I might go with the over on you too, Kia. I'm with you on that one. Just seeing how how Joe Burrow handles the pressure, considering last game where Tennessee's defensive line ranked and the amount of pressure they were to put on them. I mean, getting sacked nine times NFL record during the playoffs. I think how Chris Jones and company come off that is going to be the big question, how Joe Burrow handles that. And like I said before, though, Max, Joe Burrow likes big games. He does not feel pressure or he does not feel overwhelmed. And the question is, can he deliver like he did earlier, but on the biggest stage again? Yeah, nine sacks ain't going to do it against the Chiefs, and he could get sacked nine times against the Chiefs. I like Kansas City to win, but I like Cincinnati to beat the spread because I think they'll be playing catch-up, and they will. I don't think they'll come all the way back, but they got so both teams have just absurd offensive weapons. I don't know how much you can really do to stop them. And uh, 54 and a half points, I like the over. San Francisco at Los Angeles. The Rams, Joe, are three and a half point favorites. The over-under, a more modest 46. What do you think? An incredible break for the 49ers who entered the game against Green Bay last week having played six road games in eight weeks. So think about what their outcome could have been for this week. They're either going all the way to Tampa Bay, which means a cross-country flight for their seventh road game in nine weeks, or they can fly down to Los Angeles. Short flight against a team they've had a lot of success against. Almost no home field advantage here. Trust me on this one. It's going to be a sea of red in that stadium, 50-50 at best for the Rams. So there's no home field advantage in this game. And the Niners also have an extra day of rest. Keep a few things in mind. Not a lot of movement so far here. Game open, Rams minus 3.5, still minus 3.5. The Niners have won six straight against the Rams, five of which have come from the underdog position. From a total standpoint, game open 47 and tick down to 46. I want you to keep something in mind. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been good in the playoffs. He has done very little. And when you go back to the last Super Bowl run, he did very little there as well. They ran the ball in the second half in the win against Minnesota. They ran the ball exclusively against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. And then in the Super Bowl, when they asked Garoppolo to make plays late, he couldn't do it. He missed Emmanuel Sanders. He missed George Kittle on two of the biggest plays of the game. 
Garoppolo, if he were to have an actual good game, considering everything I just laid out, it should not be a problem for the Niners to win, considering they've had so much success against the Rams without him playing well. So keep that in mind. There's been under money coming in. It seems like San Francisco is a popular favorite in the underdog position this week as well. Ooh, we Joe, I would be so fast to say that. I know history looks or it looks like it's going to be on San Francisco's side. You mentioned 6-0 and against the Rams. But here's what I would say. If you go back and you look at the second game of the season, the Rams should have ran away with that thing. Up 17-0, they allowed San Francisco to get back in. Matthew Stafford turning the football over. He didn't turn the ball over at all against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is why they're at home getting ready to play against the San Francisco 49ers. What you have to do if you are the Rams, you have to put the ball in Jimmy G's hands. And how you do that? You stop the San Francisco running game. You do not allow them to play bully ball. You stuff it at the line of scrimmage. You get up on them early and often. You take advantage of their secondary with Cooper Cup and OBJ in in, in, in Higby along with Jefferson. You sprinkle a little bit of Cam Akers in there. You get up. Jimmy G has to now come from behind. I still think it's under 46. The Rams win. They go to the Super Bowl for the second time. In Sean McVay's young career. I hear you about putting the ball in Jimmy G's hands. I think the challenge with that is Kyle Shanahan's offense and how he utilizes Debo Samuel. And you talk about a guy who his versatility makes him a matchup nightmare. Whether he's doing that with running the ball, guys are catching passes from the slot alignment. I mean, his game is so versatile. So that's a major question on how they handle that. Number two is what version of Matthew Stafford are you going to get? Guy's been hot. Last couple playoff games, but before that, he was the opposite of that. So as we get deeper into this thing, can Matthew Stafford continue to make the big plays like we saw him do in a big-time way the last game they played? I think the Rams win this game. I'll take the under. The guy I'm looking at is actually Cam Akers, guys. I think that, look, he missed a lot of time, but he made a miraculous comeback. He was so good for them down the stretch last year. I don't think anyone's really looking at him right now. I think you're looking at Stafford, you're looking at Cooper Cup, you're looking at, at, at OBJ. Cam can help you in a lot of ways. I think the Rams win this game. It is time for, and I like the under, by the way, it is time for house money. Evan, where does everyone stand? Yeah, not, not great, Bob. Um, really not good this weekend. He lost 45 cents. He won one bet, lost one. Jay lost all three bets, so he's down 15 bucks from the previous week. Yep. Uh, Max, you won a dollar fifty, Ooh, so you won a money, won a bet, lost a bet, and um, uh, Joe lost all three of his bets, so he was down nine ninety. So here's where we stand. Joe's still in first place at thirty six fifty. Remember, everybody started with a different amount. Max is up to thirty four twenty five, right on Joe's heels. Jay is down to twenty three ninety, and Key you are at fifteen fifty five. So who wants to go first? In the, by the way, may I say, in the Valley of the Blind, the one-eyed man is king. Oh, what a, <laughs> what a, what a week I had. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Joe loves going first. I'll lead it off. Yeah, I don't mind leading it off. I, I've been awful through the playoffs so far. Absolutely awful through two weeks. So I'm changing it up this week. I'm going to give you four bets. They're all going to be prop bets this week. We're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to give you four props. Prop one and prop two, Joe Mixon, Bengal running back, over three and a half receptions, over 28 and a half receiving yards. Kansas City has given up the fourth most receptions and the third most receiving yards to opposing running backs this season. The first time these two met, 
Mixon caught seven passes for 40 yards in that game against the Chiefs. He's also eclipsed the reception number in four straight games and the receiving yards number in three straight games. Keep in mind, if Burrow's under heavy pressure, he's going to need to check it down to Mixon, get the ball out of his hands, let the guy make a play. So I'm going over three and a half receptions for Mixon, over 28 and a half receiving yards for Mixon. Props number three and four in the Rams game. I'm going to go Stafford to throw at least one interception. Yes, (laughs) it's a cheap price. This week, because he hasn't thrown an interception in any of his playoff games. So the price is now down on this one. I'm going to jump on the yes, because in two meetings against the Niners this year, he threw two interceptions each time, and he closed the season throwing eight picks over his final four games. So I'll say yes on that one. And then Cam Akers, you just mentioned, Max. I'm going under 60 and a half rushing yards. I think the number's high. He hasn't topped 55 yards in either of his two playoff games. And keep in mind, he's averaging 20 carries per game. And with the fumbling issues last week, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something dicey early. Maybe somebody else gets involved. So it's a $5 bet on each. Acres under 60 and a half rushing yards. Stafford to throw at least one INT. Mixon over three and a half receptions. Mixon over 28 and a half receiving yards. Hmm. I'll go next. Um, Evan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to swing hard this week. Why not? Oh, yeah. Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to actually take the, the Bengals to cover. I know seven-point favorite right now for Kansas City. $12 for the Bengals to cover. I believe Joe Burrow is going to make it a really tough game for them down the stretch. And I'll take the Rams to cover at minus three and a half. $12. Boom. I'm in. Um, wait, wait. Do I have $23 left, Evan? All right. So make that 11 11 There you go. 22 <laughs> 11 and 11 I'm going to – I got 15 bucks and some change left. So I'm going to take 7 bucks and I'm going to drop it on the Rams to cover. And I'm going to take the other 7 and I'm going to drop it on Kansas City to cover. And I'm easy there. I like I'll, that. Keep I'll it take ten bucks on the over. Oh, Max, you're definitely going to lose now because you never bet ten bucks. Cincinnati. Well, we're getting. I mean, how many more games we got? <laughs> ten bucks. Cincinnati and the Chiefs. The over fifty four and a half. I'm taking the over. And I will. What is it? Is, is there a prop on total yards from scrimmage for Cam Akers? That's Total yards the scrimmage. Yeah, I can get you that. I'm going to try to bring that up now. So you guys are going to have to do what you do best, which is fill Because rushing yards, seconds. 59 and a half rushing yards. I don't know about rushing yards, but total yards from scrimmage, I'd be interested on what the line is there. Player props. We're working our way through it right here. Total rushing. Rushing, Cam rushing and receiving. It is 82 and a half. I'm taking the over. Five bucks. Cam Akers, the over on yards from scrimmage. So there that, it is. That was stupid on my behalf because you have no idea what it is. I could have added like 20 yards to that right there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then it would then you'd be disqualified so, for cheating. I know. I'm playing it straight. It's 82 they won't, and a half minus let, 110 both ways. They won't let Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, and he was a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer before the cheating. What? I wouldn't be getting back on the show for the Super Bowl episode. Yeah, you're right. Got to play it straight here, boys. Thank you, Joe. Much more on Championship Weekend and which quarterback we trust more to make one play, Jimmy G or Matthew Stafford. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And it is time for Take Your Pick Championship Edition. Evan, what we got? All right, let's go. Let's start with the Wait, NFC Championship game. Quarterbacks, Stafford, Jimmy G. Here's how I'll ask it. Key, take your pick for the guy you think won't screw it up. Jimmy G or Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford. I don't think Matthew Stafford will screw it up. Too much riding on it. Mm. I kind of want to go the opposite way here, boys. I do. Uh, Considering last time Jimmy G was in these situations or you get to a Super Bowl game, he did screw it up. So I want to have hope that Jimmy G does not screw it up. I'm I'm with you, Jay, in the sense that like I'm going with who I, I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Stafford doesn't screw it up. I'm really hoping he doesn't because he's built such goodwill with people who questioned him with two playoff wins, especially the last one. So I'm going to say Stafford won't screw it up because I'm hoping he won't. All right, who plays better, Mahomes or Burrow? Not who wins, who plays better, Mahomes or Burrow? Key, take a pick. Patrick Mahomes will play better. Joe Burrow got the best of the secondary the first time around. It won't happen this time. They make the necessary adjustments coming off last week where they almost lost that game to the Bills. Yeah, I'll go Patrick Mahomes here just because seeing last game how many plays he was able to keep alive with his feet. And I, I don't know how he has this uncanny awareness to where the defense is coming from all the time. But, Max, last game I was like, that's why they call him Houdini. Like He just makes things happen. Not discounting Joe Burrow at all. I think Patrick Mahomes will play slightly better than Joe Burrow. Yeah, if the question is who plays better, my answer is always Mahomes. I even think about last year's Super Bowl. All the plays I'll remember from the Super Bowl were things Mahomes did that I was like, oh, my God. You know, even if Burrow wins, I think Mahomes probably will play better. All right, whose weapons would you rather have, Key? The Chiefs or the Bengals? So, Hill, Kelsey, McKinnon, Chase, Higgins, Mixon. Take your pick. Which quarterback comes with you? <laughs> that's, gonna take, that's the point. Yeah, I'm going to take Hill, Kelsey, yeah. and McKinnon because I got the quarterback that I want in Patrick Mahomes. Man, Kelsey, I mean, that's not a question for me. I mean, I, I think the Bengals have a lot of talent, but I, I'm taking Hill and I'm taking Kelsey all day long. Yeah, if it was any other team you're matching up Chase and Mixon with plus Higgins, I, 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 like it's a real good question. 
Tyreek Hill is just unanswerable. And Travis Kelsey, by the way, how does this dude get his yak? He ain't the fastest, like, but somehow he's always picking up yards after he catches the ball. And, guys, he called the plays at the end of that game. That dude is first ballot Hall of Famer. It's the Chiefs. It's more like yards after contact with Kelsey, not yeah. yards after catch. Bengals O-line, Chiefs D-line. Key, take your pick. I'm going to take the, Chief, the Chiefs D-line in this situation. Chris Jones and company getting after. Joe, look, Joe Burrow just got beat up many and not nine sacks, and I don't even know how many other times he got – uh, knocked down against a tough 13. Tennessee de- defense. 13. It's 13. 13 overall. I know he got sacked nine. I don't know how many times he got knocked around. Yeah, I'll go with Chris Jones. I'll go with that defense to try to give different looks, especially considering that they got the best of them last game when they played at Kansas City. Yeah, all day. I'm with you guys, Chiefs D-line. All right, Aaron Donald against the 49ers offensive line. So the best D-lineman Oof. in the game against the entire Oof. offensive line, Key. Aaron Donald, man. They can't block him. I'll go Aaron Donald because it's just not Aaron Donald. It's also Von Miller. I think there's there's a lot of options there defensively. Uh, I'm sorry, defensively that the O-line has to worry about. I mean, if the Niners win, it's because of that O-line. It's an impressive O-line, and Trent Williams the best in the business. But Aaron Donald's the best who ever lived, I believe, at his position. I, I'm never going to go against Pro- Donald. The problem with Trent right now is he's banged up. Yeah, banged up. And and Aaron Donald is – what he, he, he has beaten double-team sports more than twice the rate of anyone else in the league, right? So someone's free, and he's beating the double team. I got to go with Donald. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Key. Who's had, who has the better game? Take your pick. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is more of a traditional receiver, although most of his catches come out of the slot position, motions across, things of that nature kind of like putting him in the right position to make plays. Debo Samuel, not only is he banged up, they don't do nearly as much scheme-wise as the Rams do with Cooper Cup for Debo Samuel. If Debo Samuel weren't banged up just a tad, I would probably go Debo, but just Cooper Cup, especially his hard coming off that bomb he caught last game and understanding how he how he's prioritizing offense. And I know Debo is too, but – I'll take Cooper Cup in this one. Talk about yak, by the way, for Debo, but I, I'm with the guys for the same reasoning. I'll tell you, it's a tough choice. I go with Cooper Cup. Andy Reid, as uh, Max mentioned in the break, Andy Reid in his fourth straight championship game with the Chiefs. He also went to four straight championship games with the Eagles. So Andy Reid versus Zach Taylor, is it even a question? Take no, a pick. Not a question. Not in my book. Yeah, Andy Reid, man. Yeah. The only coach in history to go to four straight conference championships with two different teams. And by the way, in two different conferences, Andy Reid. All right, let's go to the other side. Two guys who know each other well. We're on the Washington football team staff together with uh, Mike Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Sean McVay against Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. Take your pick. I'm taking Sean McVay. When you trade away a Super Bowl appearing quarterback in Jared Goff and two first-round picks in the third, and you get Matthew Stafford that you now have to prove – to the world that you made the right choice, you're going to do everything within your power to have a great game, calling a great game, and it's Sean McVay. Max, who's dominated this series the last six games? Kyle Shanahan. All right, so I'm going to stick with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. because of the head-to-head, i got to go with Shanahan. It's very, very tough, but 6-0, six, six oh, i got to go with the other guy. All right, Key loves kickers, so we're going to throw in a kicker question. Evan McPherson, who's perfect in his playoff career here as a rookie, against Harrison Bucker, who struggled for the Chiefs. Key, take your pick. Which kicker would you rather have? I'd rather have, what is it, Buckner? 
I'd rather have Bill him. Buckner, yes. Buckner, I'd rather have him <laughs> in Kansas City at home going away. He kicked that bomb against the Bills and, and uh, at the end of regulation there. I certainly would rather have him at home. Yeah, just hope he doesn't have to feel the ball up the first base. Exactly. Line. Don't let the ball go through his legs. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, Bill Buckner was a batting champion, everybody. Yeah, I'm I know. Not- did I say Bill Buckner? Hit 324 yeah. in 1980. I didn't say Bill Buckner, did I? You no. said Buckner. It's Butker. Oh, Buck- Buckner. Whatever, man. Same thing. Actually, it's not, but that's okay. Shut uh, up. Wow. Hey. <laughs> hey. You hurt his feelings, kid. You say I hurt what? You hurt his feelings. So aggressive. Why? Mr. Who you John like? Marine. Who you like, Jay? I'm going McPherson, man. I, look, the fact that this guy has dropped bombs, and anybody that has the swag to say, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship oh. game before they even kick the ball, like I, I'm riding with that kind of confidence with him and Joe Burrow. Oh, say it again, Jay, all day. When I heard Joe Burrow tell that story, he's warming up, and after his, he, he does the kick, he goes, guess we'll see you in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> that dude all day, all day, McPherson. Then he's backed it up. Hey, Key. Shut up. Go ahead. The latest on the breaking news from this morning. And, oh, is it breaking news? And how it has an impact on the biggest story of really the last two off-seasons. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Guys, I, I get I get it. It's a good hire. Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show. Talking about how great this guy is and how overdue it is. He got a head coaching job, Hackett, and how he commands the room and how he was pure magic. And Jackson, I mean, like, he went on about it. Adam Schefter, our very own insider, of course, was here on this very program earlier this morning on why Rodgers isn't why the Broncos hired Hackett. The Broncos picked the coach that they believed 
would be the best fit for their organization, that would be the best move to change their culture. The fact that he knew Aaron Rodgers, that's a, that's a cherry on top. Don't get me wrong. It's not, oh, boy, it's not nothing key. But I, I don't believe that's why they went after him for all the conspiracy theorists, right? Oh, we're going to go hire, pack it, and then go get Rodgers. Like, look, they may be thinking that. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they wanted Rodgers last year. But I don't think that's why they hired Hackett. Really? <laughs> I, I don't think that's it either, though. I think that's, there was a thought in there, maybe. But you don't hire a coach with the anticipation that you're going to get a player. I mean, it doesn't, you know, because what if they don't give them the compensation that they're looking for and all that sort of stuff? So I think Hackett is a great coach. He could be a good coach in this league. He was a good little offensive call, play caller in Jacksonville. Um, if he's comfortable, Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with him. It gives him an opportunity to, to uh, shake the trees and see if anything falls. Exactly. Look, he's not. that's not the main reason you hire him. You hire him because you think he is competent and that he can do a great job leading grown men on the Denver Broncos. But you like the additive note that his relationship with one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen is probably at an all-time high. So then you combine that with what Aaron Rodgers has said about him on the Pat McAfee show, and it's easy to link those two together. And if you're upper management within the Broncos, you like setting up that narrative because it puts you in the right direction. It doesn't seal the deal, but it starts. It maybe helps you inch a little bit closer towards your goal. I think what you guys are saying is correct, and it is reasonable and responsible. But let me tell you what I think, okay, if I'm just honest about what I think. And I have no knowledge other than what we've discussed here today. I think Rodgers to the Broncos is a done deal. I think Hackett's part of the deal, and I think so is Devontae Adams. That would be my guess about what's going on. However, that doesn't mean that's what's going on. It could, and, and it doesn't mean it's a, it, you know, that, that it also doesn't mean like that they hired him because they thought they could get Rodgers if they hired him, even if, that, if they also thought they could get Rodgers if they hired him. Because none of those things have to be mutually exclusive. Guys, if Rodgers loves him, it's probably because he's pretty good, right? So, like, what's the worst thing the Broncos have? A promising young head coach who is an excellent offensive coordinator who Rodgers says can command a locker room? That's that's the downside if it doesn't work out, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that is. Pretty good. That, that is, but, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you got to look at the division. There's a lot. There's a lot that go into this, man. It's a lot of thinking that Aaron Rodgers has got to do. The Denver Broncos, the Green Bay Packers, they all got to figure out if this is the right situation. Aaron Rodgers needs to figure that out because there'll be other teams in play. I mean, I they, you know, Tennessee Titans. I'm sure they're they're not sitting back there going, eh, eh. "I'm sure you never know what happens with the Las Vegas Raiders." Uh, Max is trying to sell the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Yes, so you never know what that may come, even though they don't have any first-round picks until 2038, but whatever. You guys, still have you still have Mike Tomlin. You still have Pittsburgh involved yeah, in the situation. Of, yeah. guys, you you still have Green Bay, Max. Could you imagine the AFC West? And, and like, Key, I know we could talk about Justin Herbert in another day, but Justin Herbert's ceiling is like what? He doesn't even have a ceiling. It's sky high. And he's already extre- like had an historically great beginning to his career. Statistically, you could argue through two seasons, he's the best ever through statistically. But, you know, as, as a young quarterback, started as a rookie, the whole thing. But 
whatever that is, he has a chance to be really special. Yeah. Mahomes is already absurd. You add Rodgers, Derek Carr just showed out this year. Oh, my God. Yep, and I think, I think Hackett will be okay as long as he doesn't uh, start calling plays like his dad. He could be fine. Max, you didn't even make mention. Paul Hackett was his father. Mm-hmm. You didn't even make mention Buddy Lamar Hackett. Jackson, Josh Allen, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just talking about the AFC West. Okay. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, just yeah. the, the – Jay, the West. West. The West alone is loaded. Oh, yeah. my God. Get alone the whole AFC. The West. There's a there's yeah. a real good chance that next year those are the three quarter best quarterbacks in football. Brady retires. Numbers one, two, and three could all be in the same division. Oh, what a great – just really great for you, Max. You'll be yes. fired up. Hey, hey Max. Fired up. You watching the Lakers uh, 76ers tonight? I am so going watching to uh, Joel and B go to work. I'm going to begin to watch the game. Right, so I I want, we're going to start talking about basketball a lot more now. It, it's that time. Well, I need you, I need you to start paying attention Anthony to Davis. it. What, what, one what is word. It? You ain't lying. And Jay. one word. <laughs> AD and, and MB, like, look, AD, when he was healthy, wasn't he the best big in the league? Is he still? Is he still in the top three? NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune Did in you tonight. Just say that? As the Sixers host the Lakers, it presented would. by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. We are back on Friday. In case you don't have a calendar, that's tomorrow. Getting you ready for the championship games. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio Greening coming up. Herb. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.